You're listening to Lab Notes by Play Labs, where we focus on gameplay, communication, and wellness. Let's get to the lab. All right, hey, welcome to Lab Notes. It's November 10th, 2023, otherwise known as Call of Duty Player Release Day. Sorry, that's only for me. I'm here with Jared. Yep, as usual. And we have a guest, Bill McAllister from Podcast Nation. How do? Thanks for letting me uh, hang out in the lab. In the lab. I like it when people call it that, right? It took me a long time to stop calling it the lounge because it used Hmm. to be like the gaming lounge all the time. And now I use the lab and it just sounds so much cooler when I, other people over here and they're like, see some kind of scientist. (laughs) No. It'll be a while before the kids call it the lab, though, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I don't, they'll call it whatever they want, right? They're going to give it some slang name that I won't understand. Same here. (laughs) Heading over to the PL. So we had Bill try some uh, VR today. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, I want to hand it over to Jared. We're going to do a little different segment today on coaching. As you know, uh, I was a collegiate director for two separate esports programs, and as a director, I was also the head coach. So I oversaw all the games that were played, and while I certainly wasn't an expert at playing all of the games when it came to coaching them, a lot of the practices are very similar. Uh, We try to implement a lot of those practices here, but I figured for our listeners, just give you some practices you can observe at home, uh, especially just improvement tips I've found in my personal experience and in my former athlete's experience that... When you're trying to improve at a game, it's not necessarily about the amount of hours that you put in. When you spend a lot of time playing a game, there's diminishing returns on what you're trying to improve, if you're even trying to improve in the first place. Uh, If you take even an hour or even 30 minutes or even 15 minutes a day to actually practice a skill in the game. So, for example, we'll use Call of Duty because you had mentioned that prior. Uh, actually going into something like a aim labs or uh, any of the other shooter trainers that are out there and making sure that they can mirror the physics of the game that you're actually practicing for uh, can do a lot just to help you improve you know if you do that 15 minutes a day you are doing that 15 minutes a day more than probably 95 percent of the other players in the game Uh, and within a week you'll notice improvement in your gameplay improvement in your rank if that's something that you're going for but that's really only for people that are looking to get better or if you want to win more you obviously need to get better at a game in order to win more that is great advice the aim trainers and i've yet to really dig into it i kind of do aim training by you know jumping into the game unfortunately but my sons use um aim labs all the time and that's a that's a big thing like getting used to your settings for example, right? How quickly do they... I, I like you know. that you mentioned that because that's another thing that you could probably take some time to do if you've never done it. If you just use the default settings in a game, maybe you adjust your mouse DPI or your sensitivity, right. but really figuring out what the pros use or what your favorite streamer uses, the information is probably out there, but optimizing your settings for your play, your macros, you know, if you don't like crouch on C, it's better for you on alt or, or whatever if you're using a controller. Right. Optimizing your settings might be what's holding you back from being that much better. No, I agree. Like hand position and buttons on recurring movements, Mm -hmm. huge. I don't remap a lot. I used to have some friends that whenever they would play and they play at a a new location, uh, one of my buddies, he's there for 30 minutes remapping all his keys. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, man. All right. At a certain point, you're not that good. 
Right, <laughs> right. Right. But, right. <laughs> yeah. but no, that's, that's that's great advice. Want the lab to yourself? Host a private party and get exclusive access to our entire 3,000-square-foot gaming lab or your birthday party, bachelor or bachelorette party, or company event. Visit playlabs.gg party to book today. Use the promo code podcast for a $50 discount. Bill, so how do you remap your keys? What I like to do is go in there, really get a feel for the game, and then decide how it is I want to best approach. No, I'm not a gamer. I, the last time I was I, I, doing video games, it was in an arcade. That's how long ago it was. Right. But I wanted to come by and see what you guys do and get a feel for it. So, you know, you started me out uh, slow, probably a good idea. But the two of you were coaching me through it, too. Because as you noticed, uh, I did a, what was the name of the game again? It was... Robo uh, Recall. Robo Recall. So I got my, uh, I got my VR uh, doohickey on my head. I got my two <laughs> things in my hand. Am I using the real terms here? Probably oh, those not. Are doohickey yep, and things. Doohickeys yeah. and things. Yes. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> I'm, I've got these robots coming at me and, you know, just out of instinct, like, you can hit them too. Like, okay, well, let me get this hand thing off. So, so I don't know if anybody listening has played VR before. If you haven't, um, you could probably find one on Marketplace for like 50 bucks because people buy them and then barely use them. But uh, you have controllers that you hold individually. They're sort of like uh, the old Wii nunchucks where you had to put the wrist strap on and they are your gateway to doing everything in VR. Yeah. They're, they're your controllers. It's, it's what's tracked by the headset. It's, it's your hand in the game, essentially, with the buttons on it. And Bill's reaction to you can hit them was to, very very deft with his hands, was to move his right-hand controller into his left hand. Uh, so now he has two controllers. New strategy, then, if you guys And then to swing <laughs> with his physical right hand to hit the robot. It went right through him. I was shocked. <laughs> I thought, man, that's a solid shot, and I didn't even face it. It, it would have been. It, it I didn't even face it. That is a haymaker. You threw a haymaker. <laughs> you was going down. So I quickly realized, okay, you're right. Everything has to do with your, your hands. That controls everything. But once I was kind of getting the hang of it, I was doing a little uh, target practice to start. Yeah, grabbing the gun, it was proving to be uh, difficult in the beginning. And I said, why can't I grab the gun? And, and finally, I was getting the hang of it. It was kick-ass. It was so cool. Think about the last time you had a genuine experience like that as a gamer where you got into a game and you went, wow, this is really cool it was it, cool it's been a while for me and i think the last yeah. time i experienced was when i tried vr uh for the first time because it, it's it's unique it's not another qwer or wasd movement uh diamond dozen game in pc land where we all live and we're used to it, it is something different and unique and it really is a cool experience and we don't have any VR stuff at Play Labs right now. It doesn't necessarily mean we wouldn't in the future, but if you get a chance to try it, you know a friend that has it, it's worth giving it a shot because it really is equipped to be the next incredible thing. I still think we're probably five or 10 years away from it being like crazy. You know, you, there's so many anime out there. I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys don't watch a lot of it, but there's a lot of animes that are, it's called like full dive. So they put the headset on and you lay in a bed and then you are in the game and you control everything. You know, you you are the person's body, you move, oh, it's it's linked to your brain through the chips we're eventually gonna have in our necks. <laughs> um, I think we are very, very, very far away from that, 
would you say someone who's just getting into gaming or a parent, would you suggest or recommend they try VR first or should you try a more traditional so game? Here's the thing I, I, I look at, the varying degrees of control in terms of how you interact. So starting from what I would consider is the most complex, which is a PC, where you have a lot of options, right? You've got a keyboard, the mouse, and, and there's a lot going on, a lot of flexibility and customization. A thousand different control yep. patterns All for different thousands of different yep. games. And then you go to a console, which is a controller, where there's a fixed number of buttons and triggers. Yep. And then you go to VR, which is pretty much like your natural movements. Arguably simpler, the control Agreed. mapping, because those controllers thinking, you had, yeah. it's like A, B, joystick, and two triggers. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of options, right? And, and they're natural. They're in natural positions on your hand, right? Mm-hmm. So when you mm-hmm. when you pulled the right. gun out of the holster, you didn't like do something different. You acted as if you would. Yeah, it was my the, movements the movement. that were keeping yep. me in the game. I wasn't pressing buttons to make it happen. So I think from a barrier to entry to gaming, VR is actually a very low barrier, right? You can get familiar with the concept of the game and the actions involved and winning and strategy and all the things that are related to that. Now, um, graphics are leagues behind PC and console. Mm. So if you want to go back to 2000s graphics and... In those games, but if you've never done it, it, you don't know the difference. You don't know the difference. Yeah, to me, that was like I was watching the movie Avatar for the first time. (laughs) Right. It was, you know, really. But just being on a city street and you're looking, you can see the sky. There's, you're in an alley. All of it. I mean, these are common things to gamers. I know, but to me, someone who is brand spanking new to all of it, the graphics and just the entire, just the robots and everything else coming at you was. Pretty cool. Well, I mean, I that's thought. the thing. You're, yeah, you're in it. Pretty cool. Yep. You're in it. That's, yeah, yeah. That's you the you key. are yeah. in the game. Yeah. You know, for a lot of video games, there's really passionate like modding communities, uh, and they can turn a game into anything. There, I don't know how many people are into creating new mm. things for VR yet. Uh, if there's a lot of accessible like source code and things that you can actually modify to customize the games, but that's coming. I mean, it's. So it's I, on the horizon. I, I recorded a video of my buddy driving his Harley, and I put a 360 camera on his helmet. And so I recorded a video of him driving around his neighborhood and played it back in the VR headset. Mm. And that is, an, that is a wild experience, right? You know, I'm getting all the sounds and basically the motion of As being if you on were a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the ability to say, you know, look to the right and see the dog walking outside while, mm-hmm. you know, all the cool things that can happen because it's 360 and you make the adjustments because it's on top of the helmet and I'm not seven feet tall. So I had to reduce the size of it. So it felt like I was on the bike, but right. it's great. It's amazing. And, but that's just pure video. You could do that to, with anything and right. Put but yourself to see in that, that position. Yeah. To see that display though. And like, wow, I, feel like I'm really on a motorcycle. This is what it looks like. It doesn't necessarily what it feels like, but this is what it looks like to be on a motorcycle when you're driving. It's kind of a strange thing when you pull up behind a car and you're like, oh, wow, that's how it looks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned five to 10 years or up to five years. What do you see improving? What, where do you see VR going then? Like what, what technology is going to 
Well, of course, the graphics are going to get better with time. I think the headsets, even if you look at the Quest 3, it's much more compact. But all of the technology that runs that device is, is in that front portion of it, which is where you also have your, your ocular device that you're looking at. Uh, it has the, the sound. I actually think the sound comes out of the, the side pieces. But in addition to the graphics, I think maybe not the Quest 4, but maybe the Quest 5, I'm, I feel like there may not even be a need for controllers at some point. Uh, it might just be a strap that you have to wear around your hand, and that's what it's tracking. Free movement already is a thing, so you didn't get to actually do it, but when you get into VR, there's two different modes that you set. You either set stationary boundary, where you can sit and play, it draws a circle around you, and you play within that boundary. So you can actually work on your PC, like on your physical PC, you can work on it, and it displays it in VR. It's really cool. Wow. But then the other one is, it's called a room scale boundary, and you literally take the controller, and you point it at the ground, and you hold it, and it shoots a beam, and you draw where you want to play. And anything you don't want to hit, you go around it. Usually leave for VR novices, leave at least like four inches between the boundary and what you're trying not to hit. Don't put the boundary right on top of what you don't want to hit because yeah. then you're already hitting it. You need to know when you're going to hit it, not see that red line pop up and go, yeah, I know I hit the wall, thanks. Right. Uh, but you can draw like that around your whole house. So you could literally walk in the game and walk around your house. And as long as you have the boundary, you're not going to run into anything. In the lab, we have the dojo, which is the room that we're in now, which is on the opposite side of the welcome area. And when you walk in the door, you go through the arena, and then we have a little hidden dojo on the other side. Uh, and that's kind of where we do the other experimental things like this. Mm -hmm. So we have a roped-off area that we're using for VR right now. And I have plans for various other little things I'm going to do in that spot. So maybe more VR or some, I have some racing seats, things like that. Racing in VR, which by the way, oh, is very cool. I would bet. Um, and, and that's, you know, hey, you get a fan and everything and you feel like you're actually driving. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. Oh yeah. So yeah, so when we drew the boundary, we drew it within those roped off area. But there's nothing that says we couldn't have like moved all these tables aside yep. mm -hmm. and drawn the whole room is the boundary and you could have just walked around yeah. and known that <laughs> and that's that's actually yeah. what i had uh in my old home i had a bedroom an extra bedroom that was completely empty that was my vr room i had an entire room carpeted and just i played vr for hours in there really? and you, yeah. you really do kind of you can get lost as uh -huh. you as you play and like if you don't have a nice head strap for a vr unit I recommend investing in one. They're worth it. If you use the stock one, you can only go for about 30 minutes before it's really, really uncomfortable, mm. uh, even with the best position. But, like, you'll come out of it and be like, geez, I, I feel like I was somewhere else. Part of the issue or part of the advantage to the game you're playing is that, for the most part, your character's stationary, right? Yep. Yep. You're controlling whether or not they look left or right or turn left or right. I'm They're, not walking either. You're I'm not yeah. walking around yeah. and you know, physically walking at the same time. It, it definitely has an impact on how the game plays. That game is a great example of the use of VR, the ability to grab a robot with your hand and pull yeah. them apart. It's just mm -hmm. kind of a fun thing. I'm really disappointed that they haven't taken that game much further. It's pretty old. Robo is Recall's it? been around for a long time. Yeah, there's a lot of games um, in VR that have like come up and gone down. I know Echo VR was... Yeah. That was one of like, the OG games. It was, it was like... Uh, you, you were playing in space and like you could grab walls and like move yourself up with zero gravity. And then the goal was to pass a, essentially a Frisbee 
to your teammates and try to get it into a goal. And there were mm -hmm. two teams, and that game recently shut down. They actually had an eSport like competition. Yeah, the yeah, whole, they had the a whole, big player like, base. It's a difficult thing to share. And one of the games, actually, I, I meant to have you try that, and maybe we'll try that in a minute here, Beat Saber. Oh, yeah, yeah, that um, game I have. It's, it's only good if you get the modded version. Oh, I don't. I'm, I, so that's the stock version. So the stock it. version has very, very limited number of songs. Yeah. Um, it's it, the set list is really short, and you pay. It's like forty bucks for the game, and then if you want a pack of five new songs, it's like twenty dollars. Right. But if you do the modded version, which it does take some technical know-how because you have to download SideQuest on a PC, you have to link it to your headset, but it sets you up where once you have it, you can literally search any song that you can think of, and chances are there's somebody out there who's created a, a Beat Saber map, which is like uh, like on Guitar Hero, how you have mm -hmm. the chords that you have to follow. That's what they do in Beat Saber. People have done that for songs. So if you have that modded version, you can get any song you want, and it's great. It's still a really cool experience with the stock version, but for people that are looking to maybe get a better experience, look into, I think it's called BMFB, is the modded version of Beat Saber. That's how you do it. You do need to have the original game. You have to buy it, but the modded version unlocks everything. Ah, okay. So what they, yeah, they yeah. see are these cubes. They're, they're 3D blocks that fly at you, and it has mm -hmm. a directional arrow on it, and you have to hit it with a, a lightsaber is what you have in your hand. You don't have to hold the grip or anything. You just have to swing your arm swing. in the direction of the cube, and they move around. So they might be up here. They could be down low. Um, there's, like, big walls that come at you, and you actually have to, like, it's a, like, sidestep. So it so it doesn't hit you, but that's the gist of the game. And, and this is where I get motion sickness. <laughs> I would Probably be not. I would be curious to see you try it and see if you get any. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think you will. Mm -mm. I don't think so either. It's but. it's it's primarily stationary, and things are these things are just simply moving towards you. You're not there's not a lot else going on around sure. it. So uh, so we'll try Beat Saber and see how that goes. All right, so Beat Saber. I'm a little sweaty now. No, it's fun. I and think I broke injured, my thumb. Sweaty, sweaty but, and uh, injured. Should we explain what I... <laughs> sure. <laughs> Go ahead. So the idea... Oh, yeah, nice little welt right oh, there. Man. Oh, man. yeah, look at that. I, uh, I got too close to the edge, man. <laughs> <laughs> so Bill incurred a minor, minor injury no, uh, playing Beat Saber. But I played again after it. I didn't. It he didn't he stop went me. back and he finished what he started. It's right. So props to him. You're right. a VR veteran now. Pretty because much. You, you're not. You you can't play VR and say you've done it unless you've hurt yourself somehow in VR. I've heard that. I've yeah. heard that. I've I've certainly punched a wall. I was playing uh, Creed. <laughs> Boxing and, in VR. Yeah. Very mm, very fun. Mm -hmm. I was at the apartment and I, I was by myself and I had done the same thing you did where I progressed my position over yeah. time. And I, I had the boundary set up, but when you swing your arm in with speed, the boundary pops up and you're already through As it. you're already <laughs> doing that's, it, yeah. That's where the, uh, the veteran VR comes in, where you really set those boundaries and you leave yourself a couple of inches where you want to stop. Mm -hmm. yeah. Otherwise, you end up smacking the hell out of a table. Or, <laughs> I did. I, or, ran, I slapped or punching my thumb a wall at the bottom of a table. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you one fact you didn't have to deal with that a lot of people have to deal with at home is... Uh, VR can't really detect animals. So if you have oh, a dog or a cat really? that comes into the space, yes. Yeah, you you might hit them or trip on them or 
And no, it, what Neil said is is true. You know, at, you progressively move in the games, even if it's just a little inch here and there. And if you're playing by yourself, when you take that headset off for a second to look where you are, you're like, whoa. How'd I get I'm here? I'm here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Even if you're in like a, a eight by eight square, you know, you're like, oh, I'm in the center of the room. No, you're in like the right corner. Yeah. Mm. And you don't know how you got there, but you did. Tell us a little bit about are. some of the, the differences and similarities between Robo Recall and Beat Saber. Two very different genres, but both VR games. Did you like one more than the other? Oh, I like the first one better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's more action. action and, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. You get to shoot people. Which one Robots. do you feel maybe got you more active? Because a lot of people argue uh, video games, you're, you're sedentary, you're sitting on your ass, you're not doing anything, there's no exercise with... With VR, there is. You have to move. You can play a lot of games sitting, but I mean, you played one and three-fourths of a song in Beat Saber. Yeah. And then you probably played Robo Recall for 15 or 20 minutes. Did you feel more tired after one or the other? No, not not tired, but I would say as far as physical exertion, exertion and even that sounds like it, it yeah. was not a lot of exertion. Beat Saber required more because it's, constant, it's mm -hmm. constant moving, yeah. mm -hmm. you know. I mean, I when I play Robo Recall, it's constant movement. For me. I, I am ripping apart robots. And oh yeah, I'm yeah. beating them with their own arms and yeah, things like that. I so imagine I get a little bit more sure. into that, and, I and would, you would exactly just familiarity with the controls. But like you said, yeah. you know, Beat Saber is super low barrier to entry. A lot of people try it because yep. it's fun. It's a rhythm game. It's easy. Robo Recall, not a lot of buttons, but there's more complexity to it. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah, I could see that too. The more you play, the quicker you are. You know, it took me ten minutes to figure out how to get the gun out of my holster. Right, and that's okay. <laughs> that was slowing that's me okay. down. That's okay. Yeah, so. and then as you realize there are certain things that can be done, like there are certain robots in Robo, Robo Recall that shoot missiles. Well, you can actually grab that robot and use him against oh, other robots. Cool. I mean, but you don't realize that <laughs> until you played it a sure. couple times, and you're like, oh man, okay. Yeah. It so, was cool though. I would yeah. definitely do it again. This podcast is produced by Podcast Nation. Just like great gamers are made at Play Labs, great podcasts are made at Podcast Nation. Visit us at podcastnation.com to learn more. So today is, as I had mentioned, COD multiplayer day or, or release day for some people. I played the campaign already. <laughs> I know that the overwhelming sentiment about the campaign is boo, it's short, and, you know, whatever. I just ask, like, how many people really go and say, you know what, I remember everything about the campaign. I've replayed it five or six times. They're lying. The only reason the campaign exists is so they can tell a little bit of a story and show you how new mechanics work, if there are any new mechanics, or if you're a new player, you learn how the, the weapons operate, everything like that, and then you get into multiplayer. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. yep. So any complaints about... The campaign, I'm not listening to you. You're full of shit. You can still yeah. share your sentiments and thoughts in, in the podcast right. channel on our Discord. Please do. Tell tell Neil Spoonman. Tell him why he's wrong. That's right. Uh, but That you live for the campaign, yeah. <laughs> and then I'll call you a liar. A lying bastard. Um, <laughs> with the multiplayer coming out, I still haven't bought the game. No? I might. Right. We'll see. But uh, something that ticked the needle in the direction of buying it was I saw a post that the camos that you can earn for weapons are gonna be unique. So you have a specific unique set of quests for the light machine guns, and you have a different set of quests for your submachine guns, which is very similar to the original 2009 MW2. 
which is what I liked about the progression system. You earned new guns and new camos and rewards for your weapons by playing that class. And if you picked up some guy's AR in a game and you used it and you really liked it and you wanted that camo and you've never used ARs before, well, you got a long way to go to earn that. So mm. I, I like that of having to earn it. It's unique. It's not monetary based. It's play the game to earn the stuff. I, I like how everybody approaches the game in a different way. Like I could give two shits about the camos. I don't care at all. But some people are grinding towards that goal, and that's a that's an achievement to acquire. Others, like myself, I'm like, no, I just want to shoot people in the face. That's really <laughs> all I care about. I want my weapon to work as quickly as possible, with the re- least amount of recoil and the most amount of damage. Yeah, yeah. And I want to go around and kill people. Yeah. And then forget about it afterwards. Like I'm not like staying up at night thinking, boy, I need to grind to get to this next camel. And there's nothing wrong with that at all, by any means. I think that's that's what I like most about it is that everybody can go into a game with a different set of rules and a different set of achievements or, or goals in their mind. Call yeah. of Duty, which is now, which is an Activision game, Activision is now owned by Microsoft. I'm sure you've heard of them. Yep. Um, they're doing well. They, they're doing I just all saw right. the stock report. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing just fine. Yep. Thank you very much. Call of Duty is arguably one of the biggest games in the world and release day is upon us and they release a new call of duty every year unfortunately i've heard past episodes you're saying you don't necessarily need to do that as frequently as they do i i mean if you're trying to make billions of dollars in revenue and you know sell something to people and have them complain all day long then it's working it's working perfectly (laughs) right yeah there's a lot of there are a lot of unhappy people that have already forked out the money and Mm. it's funny because next year they'll fork out the money again and complain the whole time I don't buy into that argument. Like, hey, if you don't like it, then stop playing it. Don't play it and complain about it. You bought the tickets. You knew you were going to crash. No. So, yeah, release day, which is a big time of the year for this game. It's, it's this Friday, and that's what I'll be doing Friday. So not to interrupt you here, but it. just to, to set it in context for people that think Call of Duty releases games too often, they have released a Call of Duty every single year since 2005. Really? There, there has been a new Call of Duty every year since 2005. The first one came out in 2003. Right. There wasn't one in 2004, and then there was 2005. So literally every year since they've yeah. been in existence. Yes. Yeah. What I think has changed is that there were certain games that would come out that people would only play the online for that for years to come and years after. So they never tried the new one because they were happy with what they were playing. But now a lot of the games have, it's not backward compatibility, but your stuff from it rolls over. So like the MW2 that came out in 2022, the progress and the weapons and stuff people have earned from it, it's coming with it to the new one when they switch to that game, which is why the download size is freaking ridiculous. It's 150 gigs. What are they adding or changing with each year if they're coming out with a new one how many changes could there possibly so there's usually an update to some of the major maps usually the map pool changes entirely this year they're actually recycling the map pool uh from 2009's mw2 which i like because i that's a game i grew up playing and really really loved it uh and i'm super excited that those maps are in the game it's a throwback it's nostalgia it came out in 2009 So it's been 13, 14 years since those maps were on the market. So all the new Call of Duty players get to experience new maps. And for the nostalgic older guys, like Neil and myself, we're going back to comfort maps that we 
played a lot of. So this, I, I think it's a good thing. In this instance, they're recycling old material, but it's 13 mm -hmm. years old. So Right. But outside of that, which doesn't necessarily require a new game to do, very little to answer that part of the question. <laughs> like, there's very little that has truly changed about the game. Not enough to warrant a new game. Mm -hmm. I don't think like, so. Like, you could have done the maps as, hey, here's $20 and download the new maps and, and added them to the game that's currently out today. I mean, the Modern Warfare 2 2022 is a shit show. So don't get me wrong. There are a lot of things wrong with that, and people are going to be happy to have it put to bed. But I, I think that overall, there's a lot you could do. World War II has been done a bazillion times, so that's kind of one genre of the game. You could have World War II weapons and World War II uh, theaters of war that, you, that are right. applicable, right? Scenes. Um, but, you know, or totally modern, where I think, there, I can't remember a version of uh, COD had jetpacks. You can do that too. So you can go all crazy with it. Uh, I think overall they kind of settled on a modern warfare-ish theme where it's not too far in the future and the weapons are kind of the futuristic cool. ones kind of flopped. Yeah, from uh, what I understand, they people didn't like wall running and jetpacks and yeah, it was it was just too much. You know, it it didn't stay true to what people liked about Call of Duty and. I mean, obviously, they release a game every year, and people buy it, and it stays profitable, yeah. and, and they like it. And then you can look at other games in different genres, like League of Legends came out in 2009, the same year MW2 came out. And that game has had a successful esports scene, and it still has huge numbers, and it's free to play. And all they add are new characters, new cosmetics. They have implemented some new game modes they're different games but within that same universe uh there's been real successful tv shows off of it which has been different i haven't seen a call of duty tv shows but well, every I'm, every war movie is a call of duty uh, TV yeah show, right, right? Yeah. I, uh, basically yeah. basically but it shows that you know when people find a formula that works if you just stick to it it doesn't matter how much your community complains they're still going to buy it whether they buy it in cash or they buy skins that have no impact. Yeah, whatsoever. cosmetics. That's become a huge thing in the last yeah. 10 years for games. I mean, games like Fortnite are super popular just because, and they don't sell the game. It's free. Yep. But they just get a new it, collaborator. It, the and best part about it is that people will pay for a skin to go on their character that they don't see. Right, you don't see it. They don't see it. Oh, I gotcha. see you. I mean, I guess it's third person, so you kind of see it. Oh, but I see. Big it. deal, yeah, yeah. right? But at the end of the day, it's so that other people can see what you have. Like when I played for a few times, a bunch of people are jumping in. Oh, he's got the you know the the stock skin. And I'm like, I don't really care. But guess Impressive. what? My gun, my gun still shoots you the same way right. if, if I wear this expensive right. skin. Right. So personally, I'm not a big fan of the whole renewable content every year type of thing. Um, and now that Microsoft owns them, and this game will go on Game Pass, which is Microsoft subscription. So basically, Game Pass is for 15 or $18 a month, depending on which version you get, I guess. You get games, period. There's no charge for the games. That's just part of your subscription you pay. So a game is $70. So buy the new, um, I paid for the $100 version of Call of Duty. One time, 100 bucks, Or I pay 15 bucks a month. And I get that game. And, and whatever others. else. Oh, okay, that's cool. So It's a great way to try games. It, it's yeah. a great I mean, I definitely get my worth out of it. They should charge me more. Don't, 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 don't do that. <laughs> but they should charge more for people that use it because, honestly, I use the heck out of it. 
And I like the fact that I didn't waste 70 bucks on Liza P, which pisses me off. I would have been super pissed off if I spent 70 bucks on it and then got so frustrated and didn't <laughs> finish it. The worst part about and best part about this episode is that we don't have VR here at the lab. <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as a normal functioning offering. But if you're interested in us having, having some VR here and want to talk more about it, jump in our Discord. The link to the Discord's in the show notes. It's on our website. You can find it everywhere. Let us know what you think. And if there are any questions about what we have or what we're offering, jump in there as well. We're more than happy to entertain all ideas, as we say. You know, we'll take all comers. Bill's going to go ice his thumb. Bill, thanks for joining <laughs> us on Lab Notes here this week. At, thanks for the invite. I'd love to come back. Awesome. Well, we will see everybody next week. Uh, I don't know what we have planned yet, but we'll figure it out. Game on. Thanks for listening to Lab Notes. Visit playlabs.gg to find out more about our programming and schedule. Be sure to join our Discord and pop into the podcast channel to ask us questions or tell us what you think. See you next week. Game on. Game on.